Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. Through Jesus, we become the sons and daughters. Through Jesus, we receive the Spirit of God. Through Jesus, we, we have this unbelievable life of freedom. With Pastor Jay Petty. When you, when you begin to believe by faith that you've been crucified, that you, this body of sin has been dealt with, it's already condemned, that I'm free from those things, you begin to realize that, that you are free. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. What Jesus did for us, we became the righteousness of God, that we might live for that righteousness. We might walk for that righteousness. So we might think for that righteousness. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. You know, we're coming up today is what is called as Palm Sunday. We're coming down to the day what we call is the resurrection of Christ. Maybe Easter is what we call it. So I've been talking, last week I talked about the blood. This week I'd like to talk about the flesh. And in Romans 1, 8, 8, 1, I'm sorry. It says, therefore, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're born again, you're blood-bought, blood-washed. You don't live on the side of condemnation. You live on the side of freedom. Because Jesus took your sin. He took your transgression. The scripture says that the law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. So we made this great transfer from one reality to another, from one realm to another. One is we we are been freed by the law of the spirit of life. That's God's spirit. And he's freed us from the law of sin and death. We're no longer under that law. We're no longer going to walk under that law because of what Jesus did at the cross. See, and it says, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. God gave the law, but it was never going to be able to satisfy our flesh because our flesh is weak. You tell me I can't do something, I'm going to, my flesh is going to say, oh, yes, I can. And that's the problem. That's the whole problem with it. But all the law was instituted as, as a, a tutor, so to speak, until Jesus came. We're, we're held under that thing until Jesus came to set us free. But the only way we could truly be set free is by what Jesus did for us. And see, uh, I, I like it. God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. God did this for you and me. He sent his son and he looked like us, but his flesh was not quite like ours. His flesh was a holy flesh. It was a sinless flesh. And that flesh that, that Jesus laid down at the cross, on that altar, the cross, was to bring for us freedom. Jesus is the one that condemns sin in your flesh. That's what he did. He condemned it. He judged it. He said, it's done. You no longer live there any longer. You've been transferred to live 
in this place under the law of the spirit of life to be free from the power of any of that anymore. And uh, uh, the fifth chapter, wherever I'm at, (laughs) I think it's the fourth verse. It says that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Notice, according to the flesh is the mind, the natural man. According to the spirit is the born-again man, the spirit man. Our whole wiring has changed. We're, We're supposed to realize that our wiring now says, I've been set free. And Jesus has paid the full cost of that. And I don't live there anymore. It's what we consider. The enemy is always trying to get us to fall backwards. We need to learn how to step forward. In John 3.14 it says, And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so the Son of Man must be lifted up on that cross. That's like the brazen altar. That cross is the brazen altar where Jesus was sacrificed. So that in that place that we, and here's what it says, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, not the, not the realm of the world, but the people of the world, his creation, his children, all of his creation. God so loved them so deeply That he sent his son. You know, he gave us his son. You know, and that we would not have to not have life. We could be brought into this unbelievable family of God. We could be the children of God. We could be the family of God. See, because God didn't send his son here to condemn And I think so many times that's one of the biggest mistakes when people preach. They preach condemnation instead of grace. God didn't send a son to condemn us. Right? But that he might save us. He might give us his spirit. He might make us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We might become the children of God. God's love for each of us is so deep. And so many times we think we got to do it all, we got to fix it all, we got to make it all. All God ever asked you to do is believe in what He did for you and allow that to take a part of your life. Romans 8:32 says, He did not spare His own Son but delivered him up for all. That's everyone. That's from the worst to the best, from the best to the worst. Jesus died for every human being, whether in Russia or in Arabia or in America or in Globe. He delivered him up for you and me. How shall we, not with him, also freely give us all things? Now here's the promise. 
That God gave us his son so that he could give us freely the things of God. Without charge. Without demand. But by believing in his son. So all the benefits, all the promises, all the things that God has given us in his word becomes freedom for us. God wants to freely give them to us. He doesn't want us to be put back under something. He wants us to realize what he's given us. And that's a very powerful thing. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his, forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under that law that, he, that they might receive the adoption of sons. A very powerful thing here. God did this. Jesus came. Everything, every, every human being was governed by the law of God. Now, some were governed by other laws, but the law we're speaking to is the law of Moses. Thou shalt not. You know, when you're unclean, you've got to make a sacrifice. When you sin, you've got to make a sacrifice. You've got it over and 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 over after generation after generation. They had to do this. But what did God do? He sent his son. He sent of, he sent of himself. He, this man, this Jesus born like you and me in the likeness of sinful flesh. Born under this law. Jesus fulfilled it. He lived by every aspect of it. He was the only man who did. He was the only man that could because he was God. And yet he was man. Why? Because God wanted you. Because God loved you. Because God cares about you. That's why. And uh, so that we could be sons and daughters. You know, you know, when you look at your own children, even though they mess up, do you quit loving them? Oh, gosh, no. You love them. You protect them. You lead them. You guide them. You, your whole life is about getting them to, to be the kind of person that you know they need to be. Helping them to find their own gifts. Helping them to find their own talents. Leading them to know Jesus. That's God. He wants many, many sons and daughters. But so there are many who just don't get it. They think they have to do this and that and all these different things to get there. And they don't understand that Jesus became that body of sin for you and me. He took your sin. He took your transgression. He took your iniquity. He took your sicknesses and diseases. He took them. And he, lay, and he was nailed to that cross for you. And the world's, the sin... And the sins of mankind fell on him so that anyone who would just choose to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is the Son of God could be saved and be adopted by God, sons and daughters. See, in this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, 
and sent his son to be the propitiation. Uh, wherever I'm at, propitiation for our sins. Think about this for a moment. It was sin that was the problem. It was the sin that Adam brought upon us. That was the problem. Our inability to live the way God was demanding was impossible for us because sin was stronger than any law could give us. But in this place, what God did, he sent his son, and that sacrifice that he, that he made pleased sin. It pleased God to do away with it for anyone who would choose to believe. That's what it means. Propitiation means a pleased, satisfied. So God was satisfied with what Jesus did, and through him, through Jesus, we have access to the Father. Through Jesus, we become the sons and daughters. Through Jesus, we receive the Spirit of God. Through Jesus, we, we have this unbelievable life of freedom and liberty, if we can find it. In Mark 15, 27, it says, With him they, all, they also crucified two robbers. Thief on both sides, right? One on the right, one on the left. So the scriptures was fulfilled, saying that he was numbered with the transgressors. In other words, Jesus at that point was saying that he took the sin of mankind and he, was a, he, he died a sinner's death. He was crucified as, as a sinner, as an outcast, one who was, who was uh, just whatever you want to call a retrobate. Jesus. Man, they beat him. They kicked him. They pulled out his hair, pulled out his beard. They whooped him. They did everything they could to him to humiliate him. And the last thing they did to him was nail him to a tree, nail him to a cross, and say, you're a criminal. You're a sinner. And God judged that as sin on him. So I don't care what sin you have or what sin you've walked in. It was nailed to the cross 2,000 years ago. We can't get free because we don't believe it. We can't get free because it seems impossible for us. And yet God freely gives us all things through his son. Freely. If we could believe that, we could move forward in our walk with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus hung on that cross. Jesus went through everything he went through to become that body of sin for you and me. That's, that's the whole thing. So that you and I, by faith, could become righteous, right standing, right sons and daughters, having 
an approval before the Father to come into his presence, to worship him, to talk to him, to live with him, to know him because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did on that cross. And I want to tell you something. He came from heaven. The word means he was incarnated. He existed before he was a baby. He existed before he was a man. He, he created everything that exists. Nothing was created without him. All things, whether in heaven or in hell. Yeah, the old devil, he made him too. Nothing was made that was made without him. And this Jesus, who was holy and pure, left the splendor of his kingdom in heaven, and he took the form of a man for one reason, because of you. Because of you. We walk around like, like we can't get free. We walk around like the stuff has its hold on us. And the problem is, it does because we believe it does. Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law was any lawbreaker under the Old Testament. If you broke any law, you, you came up under the curse of the law. And you could get sick, you could die, you could get this disease, you could have all these different things that could happen to you. That's why the sacrifice over and over again was to cover the sin so that that wouldn't happen to you. Wow, amazing, isn't it? Is that the blood has such power to change the course of mankind. And we, we don't understand that what Jesus did, he established for everyone. God is the one who sent the law through Moses. Everyone came up under, there's two books the Lamb's Book of Life and the, and, the, and, the law, uh, and the Law of God, the Law of Moses. You're going to be judged out of one or the other. If you're living without Christ, you're going to be judged under the Law of Moses. Everything that you have broken in that is going to come back to eat you. That's the curse. You can die from sin, you can die from sickness, you can die from diseases, you can die from all kinds of things. But the point is, Jesus redeemed us from it. He purchased us from it. I mean, when he, when he went into heaven and sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat, he made an eternal redemptive work that anyone who would come through him would come under that that, that redemptive promise of being free. You don't have to be where you are. For whatever reason, it's, we believe it because of lie. We believe it because we've been made to believe it. We believe it because someone told us it was that way. And yet, when you look at the Word of God, it doesn't say that. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus willingly went to the cross. Jesus willingly laid down his life. Jesus willingly took our sin. 
Jesus willingly condemned our sin. Jesus willingly set us free so that we could be in a relationship with him. I'll tell you, it makes it pretty difficult for any of us who's trying to do this on your own. Jesus changed the covenant. He changed the covenant. He said, this is the blood which is shed for you. This is my body which is uh, given for you. One was the blood that cleansed sin. The other was the body that took sin. That's what Jesus did. I think some of us are trying to prove ourselves to God, and you don't have to do that. Because we're already proven if we believe. I mean, that's what it means. What does it mean to be a son? What does it mean to be a daughter? What does it mean to be adopted by God? What does any of it mean? If it's not something that God offers you and me, and when we accept his son, the benefits of all of that become a part of our life. We don't have to go back and try to fix what we think's broken. God doesn't want you to fix what you think's broken. He wants you to do exactly what Gene said earlier. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Whatever, I don't know there's more to it than that. <laughs> it's out of my head right now. But he did it all for righteousness for his name's sake. Think about that. He did it for his righteousness in your life. To lead you in and out, to green pastures and out, to water, to still waters. The still waters of the Spirit in your life. So that you, as a people of God, would know that he is your father. That no matter what, he loves you. You know, God knows the condition of mankind. God knows the struggles of mankind. It's funny is that when you get to that place where you begin to believe how things begin to let go. When you know that everything that you ever did, Jesus already paid for it. Everything. Not just now. Because that eternal redemption means forever. If we're faithful and just, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we're willing to say, Lord, forgive me. If we're willing to, to just repent. Romans 6, 6. Knowing that this old man was crucified with him. When you believe by faith, you die the death of Christ and you're raised with Christ. It's all by faith. Knowing that the this old man, this, this old man, old... Jay Petty was nailed to that tree with him. 
is that my sin and my transgression and my iniquities were paid for in full. Right there. There was nothing that I could ever do that Jesus hasn't already paid for in full. Just know this, that you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I, but Christ in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. This is all by faith. When you, when you begin to believe by faith that you've been crucified, that you, this body of sin has been dealt with, it's already condemned, that I'm free from those things, when you regard those things or consider those things over in your thought life, you begin to realize that, that, that you are free. The enemy's always going to try to trap you. You already know that. But it's the Word of God and the truth of the Word and the promise of the word, <coughs> which ensures your freedom. See, that the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Slave. You can either be a slave to righteousness, you can be a slave to sin. If you're a slave to sin, it tells you, it dictates what, you, what you're going to do. You can be a Christian and be a slave to sin simply because you don't believe what, that Jesus already paid for that, that you're not, that, that, he, that those things that you used to condemn you are no longer condemning you because the blood of Jesus satisfies sin. It was enough. What Jesus did is enough for you and me. We don't have to live there no more. We don't have to think that we live there no more. See, what we have to do is begin to believe that what Jesus did for us is complete. There's nothing else. See, and we need to die to sin. This is what it says. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Wow. Takes me back a little bit here. Back to another piece of scripture. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live in it any longer? Or do you not know that as many of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so that we should walk in, a, in the newness of life. We have a new life. We have a new beginnings. We don't have to live over there anymore. That's what the water baptism is symbolic of. It tells you that, that we have died. When you go down, it's burial. When you come back up, you're raised into the newness of life. It's a confession of faith. You're saying, I believe. So many times, that's the issue with our lives. 
is we have to believe the word of God. We have to pray and thank God for it. We have to meditate on those things so they take deep hold in our hearts and our lives so that we become formed, conformed to the image of what the word of God says we are. So many times we meditate on so many other things. First Peter 2.24 He himself bore our sins in his own body on that tree. Right there, what it tells us. And out of the, from the worst to the best, that he bore it. You know what bore means? He took it upon himself. He carried them with him. When he died and he went to hell, he carried that sin with him. He was judged as condemned. Jesus, he did that for you. He did that for me. He did that for everyone. That, ha that we, having died to sins, there it is again, we, having died to sins, we have been buried with them. We have been raised with them in the newness of life. That we might live for righteousness. That what Jesus did for us, we became the righteousness of God. That we might live for that righteousness. We might walk for that. So we might think of it. And by whose stripes we are healed. How far does your faith take you? Last one. 1 Peter 4, 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his flesh, arm yourself also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. How many times do we have to go through it? before we realize that we're through with it. And we need to be finished with it. We need to understand that God wants us to be finished with it. That's his will for us to be finished with it. But even in that, it's by faith. It's not by correcting your own life. It's about believing in what Jesus has done for you. Say that we, that he no longer should live the rest of his life in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. How do you know what the will of God is? It is the word of God. How do you live in the will of God? You have to know what the word of God says. And you have to begin to pray and plant those seeds in your heart, remember? Let them get in there, nourish those seeds. I, I watched my daughter in the garden, her garden. And she's out there working. But when she plants something, she, she doesn't worry about that, what she's planted. She moves on to the next thing. Of course, she waters it, and she has fertilized it. But she knows that it's going to produce life. In other words, the tomato plant's going to come up, it's going to have a flower on it, and then one day, you're going to pull these wonderful, tasteful 
uh, tomatoes off, and man, you can open that up, put salt on them, and eat them fresh. Mmm, they're so good. It's no different with your faith. It's no different with the Word of God. If God says a thing, He wants us to plant that in our hearts and allow what's planted in us to begin to grow in us and to produce fruit in us. That's the whole thing about this. That's what Jesus did. He said, unless the seed falls into the ground, dies and falls into the ground. But when, see, when, when those seeds, when we die to something, it's because those seeds are implanted in our own hearts. And as we begin to harvest those seeds, we get a hundredfold of whatever it is. We grow in the grace of God. We're empowered by it. Jesus, what Jesus did, I'm telling you this morning, he just wants you to get a hold of that and nurture yourself in that. Let those seeds be planted in your heart. Let them grow in you until it takes the fullness of it in you. One day you're going to wake up and you're just going to be changed. You're going to look at things differently. You're spiritually going to be stronger. Your view of things are going to be greater. That's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know why we think instamatic, but we do. Microwaved. Yeah, that's how we think. But if you look at the way God does it, He doesn't do it like that. Plants, waters, nurtures, and He gives it time. And you, you just know it's there, and you know that it's there, and you, you just don't worry about it. And you just allow it to grow in you. That takes time. Everything in life tells you it does. When a woman has a baby, it takes nine months. It's, it's not like instamatic. It's, you got to be patient. you got to allow it to do its work in you in order to produce what God wants to produce in you. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.